You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. So welcome back to another episode of Wonder Women and you guys are now with me Jalisa and today I have got someone very special and close to every Malaysian out there who has been watching the uh, Tokyo Olympics and of course who have also been part of her journey. She is no stranger in the world of gymnastics so it gives me great pleasure here today to be inviting Farah and how are you doing? Hello, thank you so much for having me on. I am doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I am doing good and of course, you know, looking through your Instagram, checking out your updates from time to time, it's amazing to see how much of work that you're actually up to as well. So how are you coping with everything now with the pandemic and you know, you're also stuck at home at this point, right? Yeah. So right now I'm actually very happy to be back home and being able to see my family and actually just spend some quality time time um it's been very nice because obviously i was training for tokyo and i was in bukit jalil where we had the quarantine based training camps and i didn't see my family for uh i think more like three months ish something wow. like that and i i only could see them i didn't even i couldn't come home even to pack to go before i went to tokyo i had to pack in msn my parents luckily i live very close by to bukit jalil so um msn had uh, got them a letter and they could see me through the gate so it, it was it's nice okay. being home and you know just actually being with my family and Resting. <laughs> Resting. I think that is like the key word here. You just need rest. Put aside your training, put aside everything else, right? But it's a nice feeling now that you're back here. You know, every single time whenever we were to uh, watch the games or let's say when we are reading any news updates on sport and it takes every one of us here so much of pride to also know exactly what you have been up to with the game so very well done okay up to today but today we also want to sort of just you know be a bit more laid back and find out what has been going on in your perhaps your personal life or even what else has been going on besides the games for you so we know that you started training what when you were five perhaps was it at five or was it at three when you first started getting involved in gymnastics so what was your childhood like Farah? So I started gymnastics when I was three years old and I joined with my older sister, who Katrina Ann, who's five at that time. Um, my parents both were very sporty, so my mom did uh, sports throughout her whole life, in college, in university. My dad also did football, so they were very sporty. But also they were the kind of parents that wanted their children to do everything. So I did gymnastics I did both rhythmic and artistic before I fell in love with artistic <laughs> actually this story is um, I actually started rhythmic I think a month before and one of the coaches there she was like I think that your daughter doesn't really enjoy rhythmic maybe try artistic so okay. and then for a few months I was actually doing both so I would do gymnastics for a couple of days on the weekday and then I would do our rhythmic on the weekend and uh, you could tell that I really enjoyed artistic because I would, okay. I would be quite bored in rhythmic. And so I just then went on full time to do artistic. But I did swimming, I did piano. And so we were a very active family. 
And also, I think everyone knew I was a tantrum child. And it was a very fun time because I even remember with my parents, we would every weekend we would have a activity. So I remember on Sundays, my family would come into the room and they were like, okay, what, what, what is the activity we're going to do today? And, you know, sometimes we would go cycling. Sometimes we would have a picnic. Sometimes we would go to Sunway Lagoon. So... It was a very, very nice childhood and I had sisters and neighbours because we were all the same age so we would play and then gymnastics really took off when I was six. When you're six, wow. Yeah, you know, a lot of kids, I think, a lot of us can relate to this as well. I think at the age of six, we were still trying to figure out how to walk in a straight line. And here you are, you were already full on with training and you knew exactly that, okay, this is something that you could, you know, possibly do even in the near future, right? Yeah, so it, I was a very, it was a very active childhood. And then, um, so at six, I remember joining FSS and, you know, I was a bit disappointed because I wasn't selected for the team. And I remember talking to my parents, my mom, and she was like, you know what, I did really well and I won like the medals and how come I'm, I'm not selected? <laughs> Mom was like, well, you have to be in school to be able to go for MSSM, which is a school competition. Mm-hmm. So that you have to wait a, another year. You're not in school yet. So... I was very competitive when I was young and even my mom, she told me that I, when I went for my first um, representing Slango to the first uh, MSSM competition, school competition, I, my mom said like, I was in the van. We had this van, so we would all like pack up all our stuff and it was basically a huge road trip because my family would always follow follow us to our competitions, me and my sister and my younger sister would like tag along. I told my mom, oh, well, mom, like, how do I win the competition? And mom's like, yo, it's your first time joining, just have fun. And I was like, no, no, I mean... So even as a kid, kid <laughs> you always had this thing in you, like, how and what is next for me? Am I getting my medals already, right? This was already in in the younger version of Farah, even from the very start. Yeah, I was right? very competitive, but also I, I know that it was quite annoying. I know sometimes when I was playing with friends, because if I was any chance of me losing, then I wouldn't want to play. Okay, wow. <laughs> which is also kind like I as like now it's an adult it was I know very annoying but I would always play very hard and then if I knew I couldn't win I was like okay okay I'm done now and so okay I was a bit of a sore loser as well so but I think that was something that really kind of helped me in sports because if I lost or if I didn't win then okay then I wanted to really like you know improve and move on and do the best in the next competition so it was always a very it was a very good drive for me to do. Yeah, so when I was very young. Starting young was a good thing all in all. As much as, yes, maybe you did feel, okay, this might not be an attitude that you want to have as a kid. But look, Farah, it is what it is today. And so now that we can understand that you've always been sort of like in the uh, limelight, even from the very young age. But what has been like your biggest challenge up to date? If now, if you were to sit back and think about it, what has always been like your biggest challenge? Is it in terms of whatever your scores are going to be or is it going to be something else additional that you perhaps have never really spoken about? Well, I think challenges really changed throughout my career, throughout growing up. So when I was younger, the challenges, of course, were kind of learning the new skills and also injuries. It's a very big challenge, especially for an athlete because, I mean, once you get injured, then there's the recovery and you you hope that it's not bad. And so sometimes even with recovery and rehab and rest, your injury, it's 
still there. Basically, you have to learn to cope with it. And sometimes you learn how to cope with the pain because you don't have time for rest because there are big competitions next and you don't have time to basically not train and even if I was injured I've I've fractured my spine my knee my toes and there are sometimes where there isn't time for you to rest and you just try to cope with the pain and sometimes it can be very overwhelming if you're injured we still go for training sessions when people think we're resting we're not we go for training mm-hmm. and if you're injured in, on your leg, then you do hand exercises or core exercises or you do an event that, you know, doesn't need to use your legs or if you're injured. So there's always things that we are doing and sometimes during rehab, it's very difficult. I remember when I twisted my ankle, I needed to go to four sessions instead of two of the sessions. So I would go for morning training, then I will go for my rehab session, then I would go for rehab again, and then I would go for training again, and then I had my physio. And then as growing older, I started to develop like mental blocks. It's very hard to explain to people where your mind and body just, it's like a disconnect. So your mind tells your body to do something and your body is just like, no. It's very frustrating because, you know, you've trained for so many years and you cannot control it. And like I've yeah. done everything, you know, I've I've gone back to basics. I've gone to see my psychologist. I've done exercises and mental, like, and it's, and it's a whole thing. And some days it's just, it doesn't work out. And mm-hmm. it's just so frustrating to go to a training session and sometimes feel so defeated because I cannot get in control of it. When people don't understand that once you lose a skill in midair, we can fall on our necks, fall and break. And, you know, and I have it done before where I kind of had my ankle, I fell on my neck. Okay. And like, people don't see this. They see only like the five minutes of the performance yes. that we, we train years and years and years to. And you don't see, but you like, there are struggles when in the gym where like, you know, we're crying, we're trying to figure it out and it's not working. And it's not that we are scared of the skill like you know we are we want to do it but our body physically doesn't allow us and I think dealing with that has been especially as a senior gymnast so I think that those are some of the biggest challenges and what about managing the expectations as well because like you said it's a lot of people notice the five minutes in the air but sometimes when you come out of it and you realize that there's a lot of other things going on as well you have got your training you have this you know mentally you also have to be in your best shape and and everything else you know comes to play but at the same time the expectation managing all of it at the same time has that also been quite challenging for you have you been feeling it as as such that it's too much to handle at times well i think that especially when i was growing up it was different like you know when i was growing up and just starting out i was representing the country and so it was very much i'm my biggest worst enemy where I always give a lot of pressure to myself to perform, to do the best and, you know, to uh, win. And that was usually the pressure that I piled on to myself. And then when I learned to deal with that, it got a lot better because I realized that I need to let go. Like sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes you don't win. Sometimes you don't qualify. Sometimes you fall. And that's just life. And that's just sports. And I think that's how sports is. Like sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And you have to learn to... Um, really it's about embracing everything as it comes, right? Yeah. Because you know your effort and even your passion from the very beginning. We're talking about the age of three and five. It's not just something that came along the way for you while you were a teenager, right? So I think it's just about really embracing everything as it comes. But at the same time, the amazing thing here about you is that, Farah, you have always been very, very focused. But 
what is the one advice here you would give any girl out there if they were to start off with the sport or let's say probably they have that fear of even managing expectations or will they be able to handle all of these sort of pressures along the way in their journey? I think when you're ex- when you're just beginning, I think as a young girl or a young kid, it's very it's easier because you have no expectations. Mm-hmm. You go out there and just go and do what you love. And I think that it's so important for you to obviously find your passion. And I was very lucky to be able to find gymnastics as my passion, but to go out and try. Try, try again, try, fail, try again. We are never the best all the time. We are never succeeding all the time. And I've learned that a lot of my failures have taught me a lot more about myself. Because every time I fail, for example, I my first SEA Games, I won a silver medal. And then that really pushed me to, to go out and then go to another SEA Games. And then, so people know me now. I'm 27 years old. But only people started to basically get to know me in the past maybe 5 10 years but I've been doing gymnastics for 25 years success doesn't come in the blink of an eye people don't see your struggles people don't see the behind the scenes but that is what happens yes you will struggle you will fail but you will succeed and I think that people are so worried about failing that they don't think about what if they do succeed what if they do win what if you become the person that you've always wanted to be? What if you have a successful business? What if you become a doctor? So I think that changing the narrative of being Mm -hmm. afraid to fail to I can succeed, I can do this and not being afraid of the journey and the process and surrounding yourself with people who align with your dreams. I think it's such an important thing. I was very, very lucky to be able to have such supporting parents and an older sister who also was in sports, who guided me, and a younger sister who always supported me. So I always had an amazing group of friends and teammates and coaches who basically helped. And of course, there were a lot of people who in my career were very doubtful. They asked Mm -hmm. me to retire. They said I was too old. I was too fat. I was too injured. I wasn't good enough. And I've had all kinds of comments. It's it's always the case that it's easy to you know criticize or to drop comments or to say things. But being on this journey and like you said, twenty five years is a long time of how much of effort. And you coming this far all the way here today, I think your support system, Farah, has always been very strong as well. From home. yes, like it is a whole it is a whole thing. And I do understand that you know some people does they don't have that support system. And so mm-hmm. my other advice is to always believe in yourself to believe in your dreams in your goals and to plan your goals because I know that for example if for when I was young or maybe a couple of year ago, years ago where I wanted to qualify for the Olympics it is such a humongous dream and yep. you know sometimes people don't see it people don't understand and for me I had a lot of I even had like coaches who were like you know you're never gonna qualify and it's because you know they were seeing the me at that point where I didn't have my plan yet and I wasn't in my process yet so that's why I said if I did if I sat down and I said oh you know I'm not yeah these people are right then I would never have achieved what I wanted and so Mm -hmm. every time you succeed people will be like oh yeah you know yeah yeah I knew 
But the first person who needed to believe was myself. So I think that is like my most optimum advice is to always believe in yourself. And the last one is like a bad day is just a bad day. It's not a bad week. It's not mm-hmm. a bad year. It's not a bad. It's not a bad life at all. Yeah, yep. it's not at all. It's just a bad day. And you know, sometimes if you want to sit and cry, sit and cry. <laughs> it's completely okay. You're only human, right? And all of these challenges that you come along with it, if you have to cry it out, if it's going to help, yes, go for it. Just do it. Now we want to know a little bit more about Farah outside of training. So what is like your routine like? What else do you do if, let's say, you're feeling very stressed? And how do you really just deal with everything outside of training? <laughs> Basically, now with the pandemic, I just try to find time to well if I really wanted to kind of let myself not think about it I would just put on a movie or a series and watch that and then I would go on to group calls and FaceTime calls with my friends and loved ones you know just to chat to say hey my friends some of my uni friends what we do is what we would set up so I remember that we set up a um, Zoom call. So for birthdays we would set up Zoom calls and then we would play little games or we would set up, so basically, we just had one where we had a roast night, so we would like roast our friends, and then like tell them why, how they were so meaningful for us in our lives. So those are the things that really kind of kept me sane. And then I started doing a lot of activities, so outside of training, for example, I did a little bit of tie-dyeing, I did a little bit of resin, uh, making posters. Yeah, so it was just basically things that I thought that I could do, and in the very beginning when I was at home, in the MCO when I had to train three months at home then I decided to basically revamp my room basically really do a deep cleaning and figure out you know am I gonna it's all the little things like that that kind of helps as well especially in this whole pandemic yeah especially it's like setting setting smaller goals and things that I know that I can achieve was really something that helped me so I'll be like okay today I'm gonna clean up my closet I'm gonna donate stuff I'm gonna put stuff online to sell I'm going to so those kind of little things and then I started to like journal a little bit so if I was really overwhelmed with everything then I would just write out in my journal what I was feeling overwhelmed and kind of let it all out and I would plan my days or try to kind of basically try to have structure in something that was so unstructured with the pandemic because we really did not know what was going on and then I would just sometimes and I would just listen to music in my room and dance and you know just trying to let it all out and then yeah so that was the thing okay so now comes the other part which you know a lot of us are quite curious to know but I'm going to leave it to you if let's say you're comfortable in sharing you know with us more but what is your relationship status like how has been the dating scene for you or perhaps you know in your personal life what has been what's up what has been going on well, um, I think that if anybody actually goes through my, my socials, then they know. So, <laughs> so my trainings, right? Because I'm day in and day out, only in training. So, I find that my life sometimes is quite boring. I'm like, why do people want to watch me every day in training? I do the same thing. So, I don't really like update. And then sometimes, because I love when I go out with my friends, I don't actually hold my my phone or I always okay. I kind of like kind of put it inside my bag and I actually don't really like take pictures and stuff so sometimes I do like forget but yeah so on the relationship side if you go to my socials then you would know it <laughs> But okay, I'm also wanting to know this, you know, with your training, your schedule and all of that, is dating really very tough to juggle everything in, you know, in one go? So, um, I think dating, I think if you have a very understanding partner, I've always had like very understanding partners and it's obviously with the pandemic, it's been quite difficult, 
but I think communication is always very important. Like your partners or communication with your family or your friends is always very important. And I think that is a key, especially now in the pandemic, because I mean, it's not as easy as it was where, you know, you would just go out and watch a movie or you go have Yeah, you can't conveniently go out and pick a fight or decide to get your coffee together or anything. So yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very difficult because I know that sometimes, you know, over the phone or over the text. And I think one of the things that really is helpful has helped is like never go to bed angry like there are certain circumstances where you do but then you know try your utmost best not to because it was simmer and you know it's not very good and not very healthy so I think having an open communication line even if you know sometimes you know if you're feeling bad or you don't want to talk like say that you know I I need a pause and I don't I would not want to I don't think we can discuss this now. So, you know, we kind of pick up the topic again. But I always, I think that in any good relationship, you always need to have that. And if you don't, then I think that, you know, you have to reconsider a few things. All right. Very nice. So, Farah, what is next for you? If at all, right now, we are looking through your social media. We've also seen you working with a lot of different brands. And a lot of things, you know, additionally are also adding up, you know, in terms of your journey. So, what's next for you? Yes, I'm very, very lucky and very blessed to be able to work with amazing brands and you know and them wanting to work with me and um so right now is a rest and recovery because my body did take a very very harsh beating and you definitely deserve it of course yeah you deserve this rest and this alone time as well because you know we can imagine how things were in Tokyo with how intense your training was and like you said I think even spending time with your family at this point really really matters a lot to you 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 need that right yes so right now it's more of just rest and recovery and then basically working on things and I have a couple of ideas that I want to to work on and so now because I do have a little bit of time rest so I'm trying to work on that so I guess um, wait and see <laughs> wait and see <laughs> I have all my answers are wait and see <laughs> Very I'm going to continue stalking you on Instagram yes sure. please so continue yes, stalking we are all going to be waiting patiently for more updates from you so. yes continue stalking continue stalking and I'm just very <laughs> grateful to basically have people <laughs> who always said like you know stand by me and support me and I'm very very lucky to have these people in my life so yes alright so any last words to all of your viewers who are also you know listening to this right now and you're very curious to know what your updates are next and of course you have shared a lot here today with us as far as your journey as well it's a very heartwarming uh, conversation that we had and we truly appreciate it so any last words for your viewers of course first and foremost I would just like to say thank you so much for supporting me and as especially all the athletes during Tokyo and actually especially throughout my whole career it's been so heartwarming and I just feel so overwhelmingly thankful to always have such amazing support for from people sending messages and I really really want to say thank you because I couldn't reply all the messages that everyone sent and it was so sweet people sending thank you messages people doing making like videos and of like the competition and it was so heartwarming to see such a positive response and and I really really just want to thank especially like my coaches my teammates my family and my friends for helping me get to where I am today and also dealing with a lot of the 
back end of me being frustrated, me being unable to, you know, perform. And, you know, it was a very hard journey and I was so thankful to have all of them. And I hope that I know that we are in the midst of a very, very difficult time in all of our lives. But keep on trying, keep on being positive and we can all get through this together. All right. So there you have it, Farah. Thank you so much once again for your time here today. And most importantly, I think it's also fair for us to thank you, you know, for, for making us extremely proud on the international stage, you know, in every single aspect of your journey. So thank you so much again, Farah. And of course, we wish you all the very best. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you again. I had such a wonderful time. All right. So there you have it. This wraps up Wonder Women with Farah and. <laughs> 